game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers unable to figure out the red-hot St. Louis Blues. St. Louis taking it tonight at Rogers Place, 5-2 for their sixth consecutive victory. The Oilers fall to 10-5-2 on the season. They're winless in their last three on home ice. The Oilers did have a chance late in this game to pull even. They got a power play. With 2.28 left in the third, they had Mike Smith on the bench for most of that power play to try and get another dramatic goal with the goalie on the bench, but didn't happen tonight. The Blues got two empty net goals, shorthanded 26 seconds apart, and that sealed it. The Blues win it 5-2. They led 3-1 after two. The Oilers' best period was the third. Cassian got them within one, but couldn't pull even. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 9.33. Heartland Ford presented by Overtime Open Line. Rob, the Oilers burst out of the gate this season to a 7-1 start. They have had some good wins since then. Certainly that uh, exciting, dramatic win over the Penguins a, a few days ago. But usually when the Oilers have won, they've had really good or outstanding goaltending and they've had really good or outstanding special teams. I think in both those areas... Tonight, just just not quite good enough. We'll start with the special teams. The Oilers did get a power play goal, one for three. But on the flip side, St. Louis, two for three on their power play. Well, the Oilers had the power play goal, and then they had a great opportunity at the end of the game. You're thinking, okay, six on four, because the Oilers got the power play. They pulled their goalie. You're thinking, they're going to get another point, and probably two points out of this game. They pushed in the third period, but their, their power play failed them there, and then their penalty killing wasn't as good. And the problem for the penalty killing tonight was they took silly penalties. Uh, three of the penalties. Uh, they had three tonight. Is that what yep. it was? All three penalties are ill-advised penalties, silly penalties, ones that aren't. You don't need. It's not saving a goal. It's not inflict, inflicting, uh, you know, a physical hit on a player. It's just one out of frustration and two just uh, ill-advised. And those are the ones that come back and haunt you. So you you create your own mess and then you don't clean it up by not having the good penalty kill. So yeah, especially teams tonight for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, get an A where the where the Edmonton Oilers penalty killing and power play get a C or a D. Mike Smith's having a, a great season. The, the two goals that went, I, I mean, we're, we're nitpicking here a guy who's done pretty well, but the two goals that went in in the second period, we're used to him stopping at least one of those, some nights both. Yeah, the, the, I'm an offensive player, so the Peter Angelo goal, to me, that was just a great shot, and it was. On and off his stick, he has the goalie sliding one way because the puck went out uh, from right to left. He puts it back at where he came from. That's a great shot. Now, I don't think Mike Smith was happy with it. You could see his body language after the puck went in, shaking his head. He seemed frustrated with it. And then the other one, again, a shot that we've seen stopped time and time again by, by Mike Smith. But the player, I believe that was Thomas, yep. just came down the middle by himself. <laughs> I mean, there was the Oilers had enough players back. If you When you watch the replay, the Oilers had two guys in front of them. Both defensemen were on the same player right beside Mike Smith. So, yeah, Mike Smith normally makes that save. But that player shouldn't be standing there by himself all the time in the world to pick the spot. So, at the end of the night, St. Louis had better goaltending, better specialty teams, and got the win they deserved. 5-2 St. Louis takes it tonight. The Oilers wind up out shooting the Blues 34-25 in large part because the Oilers had a 15-9 advantage on shots in the third. And I think we've got to hand it to Jake Allen in the third. About 16 minutes left. He's down 
looks like he's out but not quite gets the gets the glove up in the way and Jason fires it into the glove for a big save uh, Cassian had a chance in tight with about 12 minutes left and Allen stretched out and kept it out Cassian in too tight couldn't couldn't lift it Cassian did score a little bit later on but you know he kept it a, a two goal margin for quite a while he, he did you know after the goal that Connor McDavid scored early in the game which was a weak goal on, on Allen and you're thinking away the season's gone for Allen normally uh, struggles against the Edmonton Oilers you think okay, put pucks on it this is a night you're gonna be able to take advantage of the backup goaltender for the St. Louis Blues but he got stronger and yet the, the Oilers eventually got within one but he kept them a, a two-goal lead for for quite a while and that it just wears on you and tires you out and you just keep pressing and, and it's hard to get now all of a sudden you got very little time to get that that third and tying goal so Allen was was excellent when he needed to be he made big saves when he when he had a chance and you could see the frustration on a couple players faces uh, chase on they had a close-up of him afterwards you know it's been a frustrating year for Alex and then he's got a, a great bounce great break comes back to him that hits the defense and he's got the goalie down wide open net and to me that was as much as it was a great save for Allen that was a missed opportunity for Chase on because he puts it he put it in the glove more so than Allen making the save but when you you got to be good to be lucky lucky to be good and Allen was both of those things tonight a couple of local kids playing for the Blues Jay Bomeister playing game number 1201 he was recognized on the Jumbotron in the first period for reaching that milestone Colton Pareko from uh, St. Albert who uh, actually hasn't scored a regular season goal in 38 games dating back to February 19th against Toronto he did get a couple in the playoffs he had of all people he had a breakaway with six minutes left from his own blue line I mean a defenseman for a defenseman to get a breakaway normally it's a him coming out of a penalty box or B it's a, an odd man break that turns into a breakaway for him you don't usually see a defenseman break out from the, his high slot and go the length of the ice he had bear all over him. he made it it was a sweet little move he made too he tried pulling the puck from one side to the other opening the legs of Smith and then slowly putting it in there Smith read it and it was a, a good save uh, Bo Beasters had an outstanding NHL and international career uh, he, he's been a superstar for a, a number of years finally gets his chance with the Stanley Cup last year Colton Pareko to me I, I, I still can't believe how there there wasn't a rush on a Colton Pareko when he first came out like he is good like Colton Pareko uh, an outstanding young defenseman in the National Hockey League the the St. Louis Blues uh, are, are very fortunate to have a, a player with his ability like he was going head-to-head -head most of the night with Connor McDavid and he's got the, he's the whole package he's got size he's got skill he's a defensive player he blocks shots he's got a big shot he missed uh, with a, a one-timer late in the game too that if it hit the net I don't think Smith had any chance I think it was an absolute bomb almost iced back all the way down to his own zone uh, I mean I'm, I'm a huge fan he's a St. Albert kid I, I've I grew up with his family but what a, a, a nice young hockey player Colm Pareko is. All right, the Blues win at 5-2. Your post-game reaction as we move along tonight, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Right now, let's go down to the Hall of Fame room, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, um... You're, you guys had a good start. You settled out a little bit. When you play a team like St. Louis that knows what they're doing, they got four deep lines, they, they know how to play, does it give you a gauge of where your team's at right now? Yeah, it's good. Uh, 
you, know, you look at that team, they're deep all the way through. Their, their back end is deep, so you see who measures up to that and who's not up to the standard. So how many players you have in that standard. And what did you think you had in there tonight? Not enough. And there's some guys that can play better. We got lots of guys looking for a lot of extra ice time and extra opportunity, but not much happening. So we're uh, we're getting to the point we're getting healthy. Um, Sheehan is going to be ready to play. Archibald's going to be ready to play. Nygaard is close. Um, Larson a couple weeks probably. So we'll uh, we'll inject hopefully some speed into our lineup. Dave, you didn't give up a, a ton of shots for the most part in the game. What, what did you feel about you know your defensive play against them? I uh, just it was one of those games. They played last night. Like, you know they they just played a solid solid game. They uh, they made the plays that counted. You know we took two penalties. They capitalized on two, and then one just a real poor rush read, give them their third one, and then you're chasing the game against a good team. They've got they've got four lines that can play in all those situations. So. Makes it tough. Dave, you had, as usual, McDavid and Dreisaitl did their thing, but the second line, Newt um, has to pick it up, obviously, doesn't he? Yeah, there's just not enough all right through. It's, you know, and I, I give the, the guys that have been killing penalties of doing, two, pretty, doing a pretty good job. We gave up two tonight, which I don't like, but um, but we do. Like, you just need some help there. That's That goes without saying. That's just... That's easy, easy, easy to. But hopefully, like I think Nagard will give us a boost coming back. His speed and his—he was just getting, getting going, so he could help us. But, but there's some other guys that we really—I mean, we need them to chip in. Well, that's an ongoing story for the Oilers, isn't it? As they fall 5-2 to the St. Louis Blues, and you know, again tonight, a power play with. The star players on the ice, McDavid scores. Cassian's goal, assisted by Dreisaitl and McDavid. Yeah, I mean, they're doing their job. I mean, they're uh, Dreisaitl's one point out of the scoring lead, and, and Connor's right there, too, on pace probably to have his best year as well. Uh, they're creating, and it seems like every night uh, the, the first line's chipping in for two goals, which should be enough. It, it, it should be because there's you think okay between the other three goals or the other three lines they pop in one that's three goals this is normally a 3-2 hockey league you get three goals you're going to win more but uh, it's not only I know that they got a couple on the road trip uh, twice I think Cave had one Cave Haas had, had one, one. Pittsburgh yeah. well, Haas scored last oh, that, game yeah. so yeah so they had a, they've had a few goals lately but there's not a when McDavid's line is out there the Oilers are, are, are in drive like they're they're going for it they're getting chances and, and it seems like every time they step on the ice there's there's a chance for them to score goals but too often now when they're not on the ice and it's not just lines three and four it's lines two three and four when the McDavid line's not out there uh, the other team gets to take a big breather they get to, to breathe for three three lines and then all of a sudden okay now let's get focused let's get ready here comes McDavid again that's a tough way to play because now they're just they're really just focusing on the one line because the other three lines aren't pushing forward they're not creating enough chances they're not obviously not capitalizing uh, they're the one thing and Dave Tippett mentioned players are going to start getting healthy and when players get healthy decisions are being made right now decisions are really easy to who plays and who doesn't because they've only got so many guys they can put in the lineup there's going to be guys that are going to be pulled out of the lineup there's going to be guys that have to be sent to the minors 
and now it's going to be you play well you get to stay in you don't play well you're not going to be here and possibly not be even in the in Edmonton so their bottom three lines have to be much better if this team wants to compete with the elite in the National Hockey League. And as Tippett said, Shane and Archibald likely to play on Friday. Nygaard getting close maybe Friday for him, so they could be a quarter of the forwards changed out for the game against the Devils. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Blues tonight. We'll quickly check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Just one other game in the NHL. It is the Rangers beating Detroit 5-1. Rangers 6-6-1 on the season. Detroit struggling. They fall to 4-12-1 on the year. 780-496-0063. We will welcome Dean to the show. Hey, Dean, thanks a lot for calling. Yeah, thanks. Um, we played a pretty good game today. I thought we kept up with St. Louis pretty good. Uh, but, you know, Reed, there's two fatal flaws I've seen in the last, I'm going to say, 10, 12 years. Is they're refusing to shoot the puck, okay? Um, even, like, in early in the second period, Connor had, uh, like, he had a great straight shooting shot, really, and he passed off to Dreisaitl. It wasn't too bad this game, but I've seen other games where it was just pass-off, pass-off, you know, stuff like that. Whether it was Hemsky 10 years ago, Taylor Hall, Eberle, now what's creeping into this? I don't know if they're trying to impress us or what the story is. And the other second fatal flaw is the dumb penalties they take, like in the offensive zone and behind the other net and the retaliatory penalties that they... You know, like Dreisaitl took a penalty today. He didn't like the way the other guy hit him and stuff like that. You know, you never see a Washington, Boston, Tampa. Well, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, like you never see uh, – they're, they're more disciplined. This is what I'm saying, right? And, of course, they get a stupid penalty and get scored on. How do you think about that? Well, well, for sure, the, the Dreisaitl penalty – was not a good penalty. No, it wasn't. By I, any I, means, Yurcho in, in the offensive zone. Yeah, I mean, the penalties tonight were avoidable. But, uh, they, yeah, tonight the penalties were bad. I think for the most part, the Oilers have been fairly uh, good when it comes to being disciplined. I, I think they've gotten much better. As for as for not shooting, I, I, I never questioned, I never thought Hall or Everly would be two guys that you would throw out there for not shooting. Hemsky, yes, but Hall and Everly, they weren't afraid to put the puck on the net. Connor and Leon have had an incredible amount of success passing to each other. The problem they're having right now is everybody knows that they're going to do it. If if they come in on a two-on-one of them shoots the next time, well, okay, now all of a sudden, okay, there's options. Maybe he's not going to pass. Maybe. So I think that's what they got to do. But and I've said it before, they're both unselfish, too unselfish. If they pass the puck before they get to the blue line, now they both know they're going to get a point. Now they can go in and they can shoot or pass, because w- I, neither one wants to be seen as selfish. Um, both of them have the ability to shoot from anywhere and score goals, and they both know that. They're just trying to make the other guy give him an easier tap. And uh, I, I think that if once or twice they go down on a two-on-one, one of them shoots, that will open up the passing lane much, much more. Because right now, the goalies and the defensemen are playing them both to pass the puck, and you're seeing that. I can't think of an odd man rush they had this season where they shot. Oh, I, no, they haven't. Zero. That's why every and, and video is so huge in the National Hockey League right now. Like every single goal that the Oilers score 
St. Louis Blues would have looked at video. At. They see the tendencies of certain players, which way they turn coming out of their zone, which way the goalie plays the puck, which play this winger goes off the boards with the puck. They watch all of those things, so then when they have a game plan, they know what to do. And one of the things that's easy, you don't even need video to do it, they know that if Leon and Connor are going down with the puck on their stick, they're going to pass the puck, and they're cheating towards it. All right, that'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 780-496-0063. We have Terry standing by. Hey, Terry, go ahead. Gentlemen, good evening. Uh, I have a, a comment and then a question for you. A uh, comment is about uh, Bob Stoffer. He's uh, pulling hard for Taylor Hall to get back here, and I couldn't agree more. There is no better compliment to Ryan Nugent Hopkins than, than Hall. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I met Hall only one time, um, uh, uh, personally. I met him and his grandfather, his father and his grandfather at the racetrack in Northlands a few years ago, and uh, seemed to be very, very decent men. Uh, my One of my young assistants worked out in an Olympic uh, atmosphere with uh, Taylor when he was here, and he said that Taylor Hall did not want to leave Edmonton. He was very happy with him. Uh, uh, happy with Edmonton, I should say. Um, the question I have for you is the obvious. There's a there's a real problem at the bottom six. Is there going to be some sort of a shuffle c coming up with the uh, minor leagues and, and some people like uh, Sam Gagne? Obviously, he's not cutting it. Um, I don't think I wasn't impressed with his father Dave that much either. Uh, is there going to okay, be some thanks, kind of a that, does, that doesn't affect Sam? I don't think. Uh, I, I think right now they'll get the injured guys back and they'll see. Well, happens there's three players coming back so that that's half of the bottom six will be changed out over the next couple of games when Nygaard uh, Shea and Archibald come back in the lineup as for Taylor Hall coming back here be to help Nugent Hopkins they can't afford to have Taylor Hall, Nugent well, Hopkins. Well, they might have to. They yeah. might have to get rid of Nugent Hopkins if they wanted to bring Hall yes. back. Yeah, they, they couldn't afford anyway, all of them. That's a, that's a that's a what if for now. They have more immediate things to worry about. The Oilers lose five two to the Blues. That means a fifty dollar donation to six thirty Chet Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They're given twenty five bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. It is nine fifty. You'll hear from Oscar Clefbaum in a couple of minutes. Oilers hockey. Presented by World of Spas, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chase. Breakout right to left. It's Thomas off to Shin. He waits. He centers. Tip just wide. Wrap around what a save Smith and the rebound. Slam down a play. Mike Smith with a great save on the wraparound to keep it a 1-1 tie. And that's his save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lou B.Y.'s Winterize. Smith finishing with 20 saves tonight. The Blues also scored twice into an empty net to beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. The Blues' best record in the West. They are 11-3-3. The Oilers fall to 10-5-2 on the season. This text to 636-30 says, I hate pulling the goalie on the power play, especially when you have one of the best power plays in the league. Just let them go to work five on four. Yeah, you're going to pull the goalie on a five on four to make it a six on four 100% of the time. Every team does it, and they will always do it. I can tell you from being on the opposite, trying to kill penalties when they have a six on four, it's virtually impossible. The others just didn't execute well. 
but that was the, the right call, and you're going to do it every time. All right, 5-2, the Blues win it. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Oscar Clefbaum. I think this was a, a lesson for us. Uh, I think this is a, this was a playoff game, and, and obviously we, had a, we have a long way to go. And it's, it was a tight, tight game and took some uh, stupid penalties, and that, that cost us. Um, they're a solid team. They're, they're good in all three zones, and... and like I said, we're going to find a way to to win these games. It's going to be it's going to be many of them this year, uh, and they're a good team. Um, a good lesson for us. Um, going to come in here, do some hard work tomorrow, and, and learn. Um, because one, like I said, we're going to play a, a lot of good teams that plays this way, and, and we got to be ready. I mean, they play, play last night, and we we gave them a little bit too much tonight, and, and obviously it cost us. So so um, right now we're just going to put it in the past and, and focus on the next game here. All right, quick comment there from Oscar Clefbaum, Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room tonight. The three stars, Jake Allen gets the first star, Rob Petrangelo, very good game for him. Second star, McDavid named the third star. We always pick the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Uh, I'll put forward uh, Zach Cassian, ended a 13-game goalless drought tonight. That was a nice goal, too. Yeah, it was a nice goal. It came coming across his body, caught it in full speed and threw it back across the net opposite side uh, he played well he was physical out there as well uh, could have had a couple of goals tonight. the other one that um, Allen saved when he got the rebound and walked around tried stuffing a far side it was good patience he made the right play Allen uh, just made a better save but yeah Cassian had a strong game tonight he eventually got moved back up onto the first line I imagine that's where we'll see him again uh, again next game all right, let's go back to the phone lines. We have Cam standing by. Cam, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Yeah, they're a really, really good team. Hey, like, if you go through their roster, they're just, they're just really good. Like, so, I mean, I'm not saying that the Oilers can't get there, but this year it's not even, it's not even close. I mean, our top-end guys are better than that. Our top-end guys, top two are, you know, better than theirs. What was, do you guys have TOI there? Do we have, sorry, what? Do you have time on ice there? Time yes, on we, ice. yes, we do. Who but do you need? Who, who, who were their top 2D and who were our top 2D? Their top 2D, well, they actually had 4D almost play the same. Bowmeister played 22-26. Pareko played 21-50. Falk played 21-38. And Peter Angelo played 22-12. So they have four D that all play right at 22 minutes. Our top D, we had Oscar play 25 and a half. And we had Darnell played. Well, actually, next was Darnell and Ethan Bear just both played seconds under 21 minutes. So who was 3-4 for us? 3-4 for us? Well, it would have been Nurse and Russell. Yeah, so there's the difference too. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not knocking our D. I mean, it's improved every year. It's getting better. But I mean, at the, at the end of the day, and this is not a knock on Ethan Bear, but when Ethan Bear is playing, you know, your second most minutes in the National Hockey League, and it's not to knock him. God bless him, he's a wonderful young player. But when you're playing Ethan Bear, and, and you have to, you're playing him second most minutes at this level at this age against three of the four guys that you mentioned there. Well, I mean, it's, but, but, it's but with difference. that, the reason Ethan Bear is playing those minutes is because the guy that's going to be playing those minutes instead is injured. 
So, I mean, that Larson was going to be the guy that's going to be playing those minutes. So, Bears taking it because of an injury, and you're comparing it against the St. Louis Blues. These are the Stanley Cup champions. Like, their defense is solid. And there's, there, you're talking about the team that won the Stanley Cup last year and comparing it against an Oilers team that missed the playoffs by 10, 12 points. So there should be a discrepancy. I, I'm just wondering, Cam, I, I, think, I think you make a good point. And, like, I, I, Cam, I was curious what you think. I'd have Pearson in, back in next game. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not even sure. My, my, I'm not ripping anybody at all. I'm just saying. That's oh, no, I know. I'm just saying. You know, I think. I, I think Pearson is kind of okay. He got taught his lesson. I, I'd put him back in against the yeah. Devils. The difference. The difference here is just, and that's I think what fans have to be be patient with is the fact that you know it's like anything else. Your top two D men should chew up 45 to 50 minutes between the two of them. And I mean, our our top two are are good, but our top like Bear and Nurse. And I, I think Nurse plays in their top four, potentially. Um, Clef Bomb might, but I mean, other than that, I don't know who in our in our D is going to play in their top three, anyway. I just I just don't know if they would. So I mean, it's just the difference, the evolution. I mean, people have to be patient. I mean, it's still a build going on around here. So I mean, I, I just they're just different level teams right now. I don't think anybody should be flagging the Oilers. We're just we're just not there yet. Yeah, well, I think I think you make some good points there, Cam. But I mean, you look at the Blues. I mean, sure, they are guaranteed to have li- at least one of Petrangelo, Bomeister, Prick, or Falk on the ice at all times. And I'm not, again, I'm not dissing Gunnarsson or Dunn. No, but, but yeah. th- that is a Stanley Cup championship team. There's a reason they won the Stanley Cup. They are a deep team, top to bottom. All right, we have more time for your phone calls after the 10 o'clock news. You'll also hear from Craig Baruby. Quite a party in his hometown a few months ago after the Blues won the Stanley Cup. St. Louis wins it tonight. They win again. They are rolling six in a row, 5-2 over your Edmonton Oilers. Presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line, Kersey Hartland Ford. We're back after the news. Stick around. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, St. Louis Blues take it 5-2 over the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They led 3-1 after two. The Oilers got one back with just under nine minutes to go. Zach Cassian scored. The Blues took a power play or took a penalty late in the game. Shen shot the puck over the glass with 2.28 to go. The Oilers had a great chance to pull even, but two shorthanded empty net goals by St. Louis seals the deal to get us to that 5-2 margin. All right, let's go to Phil on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Phil, go ahead. Hey, guys. I love the show. Big fan. I listen a lot. Um, My main point was I just wanted to talk about uh, Nuge and Dreisaitl. We talk about the dynamic duo. Uh, It's awesome to say. I love saying it myself, but... I'm thinking virtually anyone could fit into that slot where where Drysaddle is right now. He's a big guy, really dynamic player, but Nuge could easily fit into that slot just as well. We could use Drysaddle as maybe a trade chip. We could get two awesome guys that could give us depth for other things and maybe not have a guy who's passing things into nobody, making really not the smartest passes in the world, not the smartest defensive plays in the world, super defensive lack where Nuge could fit into that defensive slot. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I can't disagree with you any more than I, I mean, you, you wanted, you're talking about trading 
Leon Dreisaitl, who's the one point out of leading the National Hockey League in scoring. He's one of only two guys to score 50 goals last year. Finished fourth in the National Hockey League in scoring. Teams around the league, they die to have a player like Leon Dreisaitl. No, there's absolutely zero chance. And, and then you said you wanted to trade him for depth players. You wanted to trade a superstar for depth players. Zero chance that's going to happen. Zero. You could right. get a lot of people for him. You could get maybe three, four awesome guys for a guy who anyone could do. You're, well, you're, you're not going to trade. Not anyone, but Nuge could do what he's doing on the line with McDavid. He's already hey, proven that he could do that. Well, no, he's never proven that because he's never scored 50 goals or had a 100-point season. They never left him before. They kept changing the lines. There was no chemistry that was getting made. Nuge would get traded every, every game and a half. We maybe would get a game with Nuge. Ne never going to happen. Yeah, never think, never going to happen. I think they're going to probably hang on to him for at least for a few years, Phil. We are going to put you in to finish the play here. You've already got up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. Kellen, what do you have? Shots in this game, 27-20 Edmonton, but the Blues are up 3-1. Here's McDavid to dry set a wrist shot. Kessian scores, top left corner with a laser, and Edmonton is right back in this game. All right, Phil, the uh, question for Finish the Play tonight is, what team was Zach Cassian traded from to the Oilers? Was it Montreal or St. Louis? I'm going to say St. Louis. It was not. It was Montreal. <laughs> if you do win Finish the Play, your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com. Com. So that line was back together for the third after Gagne started the game there. Well, it was just a matter of time. I, I like Sam Gagne, and uh, and I hope that uh, he continues to get an opportunity to play here. But Sam Gagne is not a first-line player at this point in his career. Uh, Zach Cassian has played well up there. Uh, the, the thing that you like about Cassian, when the puck's not going into the net, he there's other things that he does to contribute. Uh, he's a physical force out there. He's an intimidating player out there. And the, the goal that he scored today, that was a nice shot. A really, really nice shot. So I would imagine that that line will be together again against the New Jersey Devils. They just need to, well, right now, they need to score more because the Oilers just aren't getting anything from their depth players right now. Craig Barube from Callahoo, the coach of the St. Louis Blues, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Craig, uh, safe to say Jake Allen's back in the rhythm? Yeah, they had a really strong game. They made a good push in the third. He made some big saves. You know, um, we knew they were going to push. Uh, thought he was solid. Did, it, did you sense, uh, without getting much work, partly because he was, uh, you know, he had that virus, but did it take him a little while to kind of kind of get to this point? I don't know. He just hasn't played a whole lot, to be honest with you. I think, um, you know, when you're not playing and, you know, in a rhythm, it's hard, you know, but uh, he's, you know, he's battled and, um, you know, he got wins the last two games. Any early prognosis on Steen? How's he doing? We'll check him out tomorrow. So right now, you know, we'll see tomorrow how he is. Yeah. Just after a period, looks like they were coming on, you guys managed to, to really just grind it out. Well, it's, you know, we knew they were going to, um, you know, they're down and they're going to push. Um, our guys did a good job. They battled and uh, killed off that penalty. Um, you know, did what we had to do to win a game. You guys uh, 
this year, uh, this year so far and, and last year it seemed to be do really well back end uh, back to back. So any anything to that? Anything to your approach to that? Uh, I was I was impressed with our energy tonight. I thought that um, we had really good puck movement in the first period. Our energy was really good. I think that. Um, you know, I think that we, we roll everybody and use everybody in our lineup, and I think that really has a lot to do with back-to-back -back games. Uh, we're fresh, um, keep fresher than we could be, and um, our guys just, I thought our guys played smart. Uh, they did a good job. It's uh, it's early November, but you've beaten the first place and the second place team in the Pacific back-to-back -back nights. Do you take anything out of that? Yeah, it's just another game. we got a lot of games ahead of us. <laughs> a lot of hockey. Sounds like nice there's Craig Berube. Well, yeah, a lot of hockey left, but the Blues have been playing some pretty good hockey so far. They're 11-3-3. He referenced back-to-backs. They've got a text here from Beezer. He says, hey, Reed, can you ask Rob if there is too much discussion about back-to-back -back games? The Blues won last night, won again today, never looked tired in my mind, and it seems like in pro sports they have almost perfected recovery from games. Yeah, a great point. Uh, the players are in better shape than they've ever been in. Uh, they know exactly what they need to do after each game to get rid of lactic acid, how to prepare themselves for the next day. Uh, they, they fly better now than they ever did. I mean, they're, they're, they're flying charters, just hopping on the plane and, and getting to their hotel very, very quickly that, that night. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, the players are just conditioned so much better than 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago where two back-to-back -back games... You were exhausted in the second game. I, I, no, I don't think it's as much uh, an issue as it was. And I can tell you this for, for a fact. If you're playing the second of back-to-back, -back, it is much easier to play with a lead than it is to chase. You don't feel very tired when you're right. playing with a lead. It, it seems like you're climbing a mountain when, you're, when you fall behind. So I, I, they're probably... I mean, in a perfect world, if you're... If you're you had to go with percentages, everything. It's probably better to be the home team that sat there and waited sure. and had a day off. But it's, I think it's minuscule compared to what it was 20, 25 years ago. Uh, great point. by the, the players, they have perfected how to be prepared for the next night. 5-2, the Blues win. If the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. I always get a little peckish reading. Actually, I, gotta, I was just thinking that I'm hungry right now. That sounds good. Uh, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Uh, okay. I'm just going to say to this texter, I'm, I'll read your text. Rob and I obviously didn't hear the comment ourselves because we've, we've been on air ourselves. So I'll, I'll take your word for it that uh, you're, you're passing along the right... Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you are. But he says, what do you guys think about Elliot Friedman's comment after the game regarding non-calls against both McDavid and Dreisaitl. I noticed in the Arizona game last night, Calgary got six power plays versus Arizona, whereas the Oilers uh, got only two. Well, I, I mean, yeah, again, we didn't hear the comments. I, I, we talked about it that night, that the referees had an off night against the Coyotes. There, were, there was one in the third period, I think it was the third, but Ekman Larson had both Boy, arms around Leon Dreisaitl. Leon would have been on a breakaway, and, and he hauled him down. Uh, so I don't, I think most nights, and I, most nights I think the referees do a good job. I really do. Uh, and I think that sometimes you are a little biased and you just notice the calls that 
go against your well, it's team. You're cheering for sure. Yes, I, I've, I I do coach mentoring, so sometimes I'll go watch a game where two teams I really got, I've got not, no no skin in the game, and I hear both sides of the the fans screaming at the referees, and I'm sitting there as a casual observer. I'm like, oh, actually, I think the ref did a good job because I've to me it doesn't matter which team wins. So when you're watching your home team play, obviously you see every time they they make a mistake. Having said that, the other night against the Coyotes, there I think the refs had an off night, and both Leon and Connor could have drawn two or three more power plays, which, as we know with the way the Oilers' power play is, could change the game. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought the refs had a good game tonight. Yeah, I thought I it was mean, very it's, good. It's a tough game to referee. Clearly, the three penalties on the Oilers were penalties. Yep. Absolutely no doubt about it. I, I think the Blues, I mean, they got some big guys. They got some veteran guys. I've, I've seen them play a couple other times this season. Clearly, we saw them in the playoffs, which is a different level mm-hmm. of intensity and maybe a different standard. But I, I thought seeing the Blues sometimes this year, they're good at running doing little things like the legal interference you know they get right to the line and then and, yeah. then, and then don't cross it and you played you know that's part of the game how Absolutely. far how far can i bend the rules how far can i get the ref to let me go to well you, as the game as the going through the first period you see what the ref is allowing what he's not allowing and that's how you play the rest of the game i i agree i thought tonight's refereeing was very good i thought it had no out, the, the game's outcome had nothing to do with the way the refs refed. I thought they were very good the other night against the Coyotes. It wasn't a well-ref game. And just like players and coaches have off nights, refs do. The other night against the Coyotes, they did. All right, 5-2. St. Louis winning it tonight. You're going to hear from Jake Allen when we get back. Heartland Ford, overtime open line on 630 Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Blues take down the Oilers 5-2, winning goaltender tonight, Jake Allen. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Jake, uh, did tonight feel like you were more in uh, rhythm? Yeah, you know, it's been, uh, I feel like I've been getting better every game, you know, to be honest and that sort of goal at the start of the year and um, felt felt a lot more comfortable. It was good to get a lot of action and obviously the win and you know, the guys battled hard, especially it was a tough back-to-back. It was a late night last night and early game and uh, guys deserve a lot of credit for the way they played. With with these guys and, and some of the stars they have, I guess you can't you can't relax even for half a second, huh? No, they're you know, two of the best players in the league, if not the best. And, um, they're hell of a line. Uh, they're faster than anyone in the league. Obviously, McDavid can beat anyone wide. Even our, you know, we have a pretty good, good decor. And uh, you just got to be aware when he's on the ice, you know. And um, he's a tough guy to slow down, but you got to do our best to get in his way and uh, take as many whistles as he can. You know, I think they they thrive on momentum. And um, you know, I thought we did a fairly good job tonight. I know they got a goal there and uh, set up another one, but uh, that's that's why they're good. That's why they're good. Jake Allen. Well, he was good tonight. 32 saves. Like I said, stopped 14 of 15 in the third period, which was clearly the Oilers' best period. And I also think Allen's best period. It was. He made some big saves. Uh, he kept the, the game at a two-goal lead for, for quite a while when the Oilers were pushing and then made one or two big saves after the Oilers pulled within one. Uh, the problem for the Oilers tonight is they didn't get a chance to test him when the Oilers went six on four at the end of the game. The Oilers didn't put the pucks on net. And, and the last goal that, that that cost them eventually, the fourth goal, uh, the Oilers took the puck into a, a very heavily guarded area. I mean, when Ryan Nugent Hopkins tried to give the puck to Connor McDavid, he was only about two feet away from him. 
there were sticks everywhere. The Oilers should have kept it to the outside, created, and then taken the puck to the net. That way, they tried to force a play. And on a six-on-four, you don't need to force anything. So, And I, we didn't even talk about it tonight either. After the game is the, the goal that, the fourth goal, the one that sealed the deal for, for the St. Louis Blues, that puck was going about eight feet wide yep. when, when Bozak shot it. And it bounced, and it bounced on, uh, on its edge and bounced back towards the net. But that puck was not even going close to the net. Uh, Bozak and the St. Louis Blues got a good break, but I think they created a lot of their breaks tonight. Mike Smith got an assist tonight, his first as an Oiler. That led to the Oilers' power play goal in the first period. And uh, the Oilers' power play has it got the goal tonight, has not been as, as effective lately, obviously. And, and again, we'll see how the Lions look for Friday against the Devils. We expect at least a couple of the injured players to come back, but we still have Chason, no goals, Yurcho, no goals, Grandlin, no goals, Gagne, zero, Archibald, zero, Shane, zero, Patrick Russell, zero. I know not all of those players has played every game, so Jujar Kara has won. Uh, I mean, again, we got a lot of guys, 17 games now. This is almost a quarter of the way through the season. It, it, it's absolutely amazing that the Oilers are where they are in the standings. It, it really is. If you... If you would have said at the beginning of the season, here's the stats after, you know, 17 games. Well, you, you wouldn't know, have said 10 wins. No, absolutely not. Uh, you're asking right now one line or two players to just do all your offense, and it's not sustainable, and we're starting to see that as of late as there's been nights where Connor has been held to, to zero or one, and the others are, are finding it a hard way to win hockey games. So they've got to find some sort of chemistry in their bottom nine. And I don't think it's a bottom six anymore. I think it's a bottom nine. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. And I, I mean, I know I, I put Patrick Russell in there with the guys that doesn't have a goal. But he helped set up Chason's chance tonight. Yeah. Patrick Russell understands he plays the game in a straight line. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I hate to pick on this one guy because he's not the only one who's you know, has been so part. Jujar Kara has a one-on-two in the first period. But the defense actually gave him probably more room than they wanted to. And he's almost between the hash marks. Mm-hmm. And? Shoot the puck. And yeah. he tries to dangle and go between. Shoot the puck. Yeah, like, get a straight right. line. Straight line if you're on the depth of your depth player. Every once in a while, coaches have to call players aside and uh, re-explain what their role is on the team, what they expect from that player, what they think that makes them effective. Uh, Patrick Russell's a guy that I don't know if any coaches ever had to do that with him. I think he understands his role better than just about any player on the team. But there are other players that, Yercho, you don't take a, a penalty in the offensive zone when you're a, a, a bottom six forward. Kerry, uh, you don't you don't try to force uh, on a one-on-two. You get pucks in deep. There's a couple other times where trying to make plays through the neutral zone. If you're a bottom six player, you get pucks in deep. You put the puck in an area in the offensive zone that you can get your four-checker in. So you read where your four-checker is. You either flip it in softly on one side or you rim it around as hard as you can to the other side and you get in on the four-check. You don't try to make plays because when you try to make a play and it doesn't work, it's coming back the other way. And it's a transition play for the opposition. It's all right every once in a while if a, a Leon or a Nuge or a Connor McDavid tries to make a play through the neutral zone that doesn't work. It's not all right when it's a Yurcho or a Granlin or a Haas. Those players have a much shorter lease because their risk-reward, their reward part isn't as high, and the risk also is too high for them. All right, Oilers beaten 5-2 by the Blues tonight. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Next game 
Faceoff show at 5.30 on Friday. Puck drop at 7, Oilers and Devils. Sunday morning at 9.30, our coverage of the Eskimos playoff game against the Alouettes will start. Kickoff is at 11, and then we'll have an Oilers game from Anaheim that evening. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30, Chad. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. We've been live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by World of Spas, Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.